right, Stacey. Hello, Mum. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm all right. Sitting here with Bella, lovely dog. She's got a new bandana on. Oh, which one did she pick? She's she picked red fabric with the uh, little black pug puppies. Oh well, I expect a. a- picture for us to put on the instagram yeah she's uh she's having new sunglasses oh they're more of a wrap round variety so she can run with them on <laughs> sports glasses sports glasses that's what they are for an action pup bell are you action pup oh bless her she's <laughs> a, she's asleep right then so the fame of the podcast is getting a bit overwhelming oh you're getting recognized in the street oh not quite but you know i'm getting messages oh are you who from people who want to buy me dinner oh that's nice somebody in canada wanted to buy me dinner are they going to take you over to canada are they going to come and see you in bristol what's the idea is they're going to give me the hungry horse uh, menu and i can choose it okay and then we'll sit on skype and eat it oh that sounds a bit weird does it they're gonna watch you on skype and eat it are they gonna eat dinner as well oh i don't know they didn't say I i think it's a little bit strange i think you might have found one of them feeders again i knew you was gonna say that but i've got an idea because obviously i'm not turning down a free dinner no so I thought, what about I get the dinner and I put the Skype on? Yeah. Just on the audio. Oh, okay. What do you think? So he's just going to listen to you eating? I'm going in the next room. (laughs) So you'll have your dinner in the next room and he'll listen to Belle licking her nipples. Well, no, I thought I'd put Belle's food down on the floor for her. Yeah. So you can listen to Belle eating her dinner. (laughs) Yeah. And then... uh, He'll be happy because he'll expect me to be eating like a dog. So, anyway, what are we doing today? This episode is all about the seven wonders of the world. (sighs) Seven wonders of my world? Seven wonders of everybody's world. Anybody and everybody. Exactly. All right, then, should we get going? Yeah, let's get going. Deep from the jungle of the African Congo To the concrete jungle of the garden bungalow You'll find two ladies full of nonsense and laughs Making a podcast called Rock to Right then, so, the seven wonders of the world, that's the pyramids and stuff, isn't it? Well, the pyramids is one of the original seven wonders of the world. Back when the Greeks were travelling around. Back in the day. Back in the day, they were finding all these amazing buildings that happened to be built by the Greeks or the Egyptians and they basically made a list of the seven most fantastic wonderful things they'd found on their journey. So the pyramids is one of them and it's actually the only one that's still around. There's the lighthouse. Yeah the lighthouse of Alexandria which is in Egypt. And then there's the hanging gardens of Babylon which I don't think they would have seen. No that's in Iraq was in Iraq but there's some question about whether that really existed then there's the temple of Artemis which was in Turkey a statue of Zeus none of these still exist do they except for the pyramid yeah the mausoleum at Halicarnassus that's in Turkey and then the Colossus of Rhodes which was in Greece so because uh, none of these exist anymore in 2007 a new list was compiled of new wonders 
There were quite a few candidates in the list that didn't quite make it into the top seven. Right. The Eiffel Tower was one of them that didn't make it. Is Stonehenge in there? Stonehenge was in there, yeah. Is that one of the new Seven Wonders? It's not in the top seven, but was considered for it. Okay. There's a theory that Stonehenge was made by aliens because no human invention would be able to carry the stones. So it had to be alien technology. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I saw that on the internet. Was that in, like, Unsolved Mysteries? No, that's just just fact. (laughs) Yeah, they did it on Mythbusters, I think. They were able to move the stones? Yeah. Well, aliens must have helped or shown them how to do it. Yeah, obviously. They just put them on wooden rollers. Put them on tree chunks. The stones came from Wales anyway. Did they? Yeah, from the Priscelli Hills. It's quite a distance to take them, isn't it? It is, but I'm thinking they probably put them on a barge and took them down river. Yeah, all the aliens transported them in a... Do you know what? I think it's probably the aliens. (laughs) It had to be, because what you're saying doesn't really make sense. No, not now you're telling me it's the aliens, no. The aliens makes much more sense and it would be so much easier. Something else in the list that didn't quite make it into the Seven Wonders was the Statue of Liberty. All right. And then I ended up finding some stories where one woman married the Statue of Liberty, one woman had got married to the Eiffel Tower. All right. Have you heard of this objectum sexuality where people are in love with objects rather than people? I'm like I love Red Dr. Martins. Would you marry them? (sighs) If they'd have me. (laughs) So some people really do believe that they are in love with... uh, So the one woman's in love with the Eiffel Tower and they got married. She changed her surname to Eiffel. How did they get married? Well, they obviously have to find some crazy person that will marry them. Have they got married, like, legally? They've got a marriage certificate? That is never quite gotten into. All right, because what I'm wondering is, who was the witnesses for the Eiffel Tower? I don't know. It's crazy, isn't it? Because it'd have to be a witness. I know in America you can marry your horse. Can you? Yeah. The horse can't consent to that, can they? I think you can teach them to tap their hooves three times. (laughs) And who wears the ring? Oh, I don't know. I think it's just a token. This woman who has changed her surname to Latour Eiffel, so her name is now Erica Latour Eiffel. She got married to the Eiffel Tower, but she used to be in love with um, like an archery bow. (laughs) Right. Was it Cupid's bow? The bow was called Lance and she was in love with Lance and then she met the Eiffel Tower and it says that she has pledged her to love, honour and obey the Eiffel Tower in an intimate ceremony attended by a handful of friends. There you go. That's just crazy. Then there's another woman who married the Statue of Liberty and she calls the statue Libby. So, so, do they go and visit them? Yeah. Do they live close by so they can see them every day? No, this woman who's in love with the Statue of Liberty lives in Leeds. Right. Have they met each other? Yeah. says she has visited the statue in person four times where she admits to caressing it and leaning out of a window to kiss its hair. That's creepy, isn't it? <sighs> that is a bit strange. There's also another woman who 
has married a train station. Oh, well, that's slightly more sensible. Does she get free train tickets? No. She's been in love with the train station for 36 years, so they've been together for a while, and she takes a 45-minute bus ride to the station every day to spend time with the train station and what do they talk about well i don't know but she says she has sex with the train station (laughs) sorry (laughs) but she has to go round the back to do it because you know she says she wouldn't have sex with a person in public so she won't have sex with the train station in public does the station consent to this it doesn't say but i i doubt it you know they go ding dong and have a mop and bucket on platform three please she says when we got married i stood there and told her that i take it as my partner it was the happiest day of our lives okay it's all very well being in love with the station but what if he wants to come home with her (laughs) i mean at the minute it's stationary oh oh i love her so much she is so romantic she's talking about the train station do we know which train station this is yeah it is the Santa Fe train station in California and this woman has changed her name to Carol Santa Fe. They always seem to take the name of the the object, don't they? Yeah, so they're not called Carol Station now. <laughs> no. <laughs> or Erica Tower. That would have been more sensible. <laughs> no. They're the wonders of the world. Why shouldn't people fall in love with them? Exactly. But how do you know that that wonder is faithful to you how do you know someone else isn't marrying them well you'd have to just get in and check their facebook page their mobile numbers that sort of thing see how many times they order from hungry horse dinners for two (laughs) or dinners for one in another country (laughs) (laughs) yeah the next stop will be rough giraffe the new wonders are the Great Wall of China. Right, yeah, well, you know the Great Wall of China's not that great. In what way? Well, it's not like one wall, is it? Not really. It's like lots of little walls that are connected up. Yes. I mean, to be fair, it is over 4,000 miles long. Yes. And it is visible from space, but it's not the only thing that's visible from space. What else can be seen from space? My caravan. Now I've painted it pink. (laughs) Depends how you zoom in, I suppose. The Great Wall of China, the mortar that was used to bind the bricks is made out of rice flour. Somebody told me it was made out of toothpaste. (laughs) Maybe they just used whatever they had to hand. You never know, do you? No. Like, all the leftover rice, mash that up. Yeah. So the Taj Mahal, yeah, he built that for his wife. Yes. Now, I know that it took more than 20,000 people to build it. Right. And it would have cost in today's money about a billion pounds to do it. Oof. And it took 22 years to finish. I mean, it's quite an impressive building, but that's crazy. His wife died in childbirth, I think. And she was having his 14th baby. Oh, okay. The largest Lego set is of the Taj Mahal. So the largest Lego set that's commercially available and it costs more than $2,000. The Taj Mahal is big, so... I'm not sure if it's life-size. Ah, right. (laughs) 
But I can imagine that'd be quite a tricky Lego set to have to do the domes. I'll have a look, see if they've got it on eBay. <laughs> okay. So what else we got? Uh, so there's the Coliseum. Oh, Gladiator. The west exit is called the Gate of Death. Because that's where all the dead gladiators used to get taken out from. On stretchers or just dragged along? I'm sure just shoved out of the gate, left for people to collect. So there's uh, Chichen Itza is another one that's in Mexico. Chichen Itza. I just like saying Chichen Itza. I know. Chichen Itza. Chichen Itza. (laughs) (laughs) Only thing I know about Chichen Itza is that there are four sets of stairs Mm. and each staircase has 91 steps. Okay. With one with one step on the top of the platform, which makes 365 steps, one for each day of the year. Oh, okay. That's interesting. What happens if it's a leap year? Uh, it's shut. <laughs> you shut on a leap year, obviously, because they have to do the cleaning up. <laughs> and then we've got that thing in Brazil. Christ the Redeemer. Baby Jesus. Baby Jesus when he's grown up. Yeah, now that's nearly 100 feet tall, isn't it? Yeah, and that's quite a, a new statue, isn't it? It was built in 1931. Yeah, and it took about five years to build, but it's not the tallest statue of Jesus. It's only the fifth tallest. You can go on a steam engine train up the slope. Oh, can you? Yeah. There's a church underneath it, isn't there? I think so, but you can get up to his feet, I think. Well, it says... That you have 200 steps to get to the foot of the statue. Does that mean the bottom of the statue or his feet? Well, his feet are at the bottom, so... (laughs) Yes. There is a guy who is making statues out of toast for his daughter to try and get her to eat her breakfast. And one of the things he's made is... Christ the Redeemer. So she'd come down in the morning and find Christ the Redeemer on her plate made out of toast. To be fair, it's a pretty good statue. Did she eat it? Yeah, she did. But in my opinion, it doesn't matter who it was. If someone put that on my plate, I would not eat it because the amount of manhandling that's gone on to make that statue, I just couldn't stand the thought of someone having their fingers all over it. But he made different things for her. So he's done the number 10 Down Street. He's and He's done dinosaurs. Has he thought about just giving her Rice Krispies like a normal parent would? Rice Krispies are a bit more difficult to make models out of. Yeah, you don't make a model out of it. You just put it in a bowl and pretend it's a Loch Ness Monster. You can't then take pictures of that, put them on Instagram. I bet you could. I bet you could Photoshop it. Yeah. You could just tell him to eat it. It's got the Loch Ness Monster in. (laughs) (laughs) Eat the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah. I'll put these pictures on our Instagram because it, it is a pretty good statue, actually. It's really fun. Have you been to any of the wonders? No. And would you want to go and see any of them if you could pick one? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm not particularly keen. Well, I, the thing is, I've seen the pictures now. Yeah. They'll have photoshopped them out of all recognition. Yeah. They take them on a perfect day when there aren't three million people there to spoil it. Yeah. So, uh, no. There's nothing to gain from being there, necessarily. I'm sure people are going to go, you're mad. <laughs> but you can do a 3D walkthrough of most of these. Yeah. But uh, what about you? I'm not interested in going to 
see any of them. I'm not an adventurer. I don't get excited about things like that. I get excited about seeing a golden eagle sitting on a fence. (laughs) Yeah. That was really exciting. Being on holiday last year and seeing a baby tortoise just generally wandering through the vegetation. (laughs) Uh, Watching waterfalls. I love fall in water yeah so waterfalls and weirs and dams and rivers flooded rivers and stormy seas anything like that yeah i've been to see the seven boar several times the what the seven boar what's that it's when there's a high tide on the river seven yeah and they go surfing down the river oh that sounds good and i think another wonder for me would be a murmuration of starlings oh yeah that's nice i've seen it twice Mm. it is a bit stinky though oh why i think there's a lot of evacuation of bowels oh just before they all go to bed you don't see that on the tv do you you can see it falling though (laughs) if you have a think how many there are there's going to be a bit of um yes i suppose i found an army of papier mache pandas Oh. oh, yeah, and they're just gorgeous. Oh, although you said army, when you say pandas, it doesn't make the army sound so bad. No, he made 1,600 pandas out of papier-mâché. Oh, that sounds cute. Are they life-size? I don't know. If they were young, they'd be life-size. <laughs> <laughs> okay, shall I Google it? Papi mache pandas. Oh my gosh! Yes, look at that. Oh, have you seen? Have you seen the picture of them all sitting on the plane? No, no, I've not. That's another picture to put up. I've only seen the picture of them in front of the Shantam Buddha. Oh no, they've they've sat them all on a plane. There's a plane full of papi mache pandas. Oh, I see. Now I'm going to need to look at that as well. Now they're everywhere. They are a bit wonderful. They are. Well, what's what does he do with them? What's the point of them? It's the 1600 pandas world tour in Hong Kong. Creativity meets conservation. So they created by a French artist called Paolo Grangion. Oh yeah, I could see a picture of them in front of the Eiffel Tower. Do you see? That is pretty wonderful, isn't it? Yeah. Is it almost as wonderful or even more wonderful than the tree-climbing goats? Oh, now they are good. Which one's more wonderful? This is a poll for the week. This is the poll of the week with two pictures. Do we like the tree-climbing goats of Morocco? Yeah. Or the papier-mâché pandas of Hong Kong? Oh, that's difficult. It's nice to have animals that you can just stack in a tree. <laughs> and I mean, look how look how economical that is when you've got 20 goats in just one tree. Yeah, exactly. The pandas take up a whole plane. And they're eating argan berries and that's really good for your hair. So their fur must be all silky soft. <laughs> oh. Do we know what the record for the most goats in a tree is? No, but I have actually did count one and there was 32. Oh my gosh. 32 goats in a tree. But some of them look as if they're literally just standing on a tiny branch twig at the end. I love goats. Their eyes are a bit creepy though. Their their eyes are a bit creepy, but if they're in sunglasses, they're gorgeous. (laughs) So, 
Yeah. I tell you what we haven't had for a while. What? Guess who's not coming to dinner. Oh, a classic. I thought, after popular demand, I'd bring it back. Great. But I've brought it back with a new format. Okay. It's a sort of smorgasbord of guess who's not coming to dinner. Okay. And it's got two parts to it. Oh, okay. So, shall we play guess who's not coming to dinner? Oh, I'll have to dig out the jingle, won't I? <sighs> Let's record a new one. <laughs> no. Guess who isn't coming to dinner? Guess who isn't coming to dinner? All right, so there's the clues to the first part of the guess who's not coming to dinner mm-hmm. are not all going to be that difficult. Okay. There are four people who are not coming to dinner. In the first part, you're going to name all four people. Right. Number one, he died age 73 and was known as the Godfather of Soul. Okay. That's all I'm giving you. You don't need any more than that. No, that's an easy one. Number two, this person was an American singer, an actor, a comedian and a film producer who died at the age of 78 and he was nicknamed the King of Cool. Oh. So number three, this person was born an hour or two after midnight. Okay. His father has the same name and had died before this person was born. Oh, okay. His mother remarried when he was three. Yeah. And her new husband was the Reverend Barnabas Smith. Hmm. From the age of 12, he was educated at the King's School in Grantham in Lincolnshire. Okay. And went to Trinity College, Cambridge. He was said to be a fellow of our college and very young, but of extraordinary genius and proficiency. Hmm. And he is credited with the generalised binomial theorem. Okay. If I give you any other clues, you're going to know. Okay. And number four... He was knighted in 1975. Yeah. And he died of a stroke at the age of 88. Right. On March the 1st, 1978, his body was stolen by a small group of Swiss people. Okay. So now you've got the clues to four people. We need the answers to who those four people are. Yeah. And which one is the odd one out? Okay, and people can let us know on our Twitter at Rough Giraffe Pod. I found some wonderful jobs. Oh, okay. I can't believe you get paid for these. Okay. But I found an advert in the Reading newspaper near you. Oh, okay. So possibly something I could uh, apply for. This is for a chocolate taster. Oh, okay. So uh, the only prerequisites for the job, Mm. you must have a passion. 
passion for confectionery. Okay. And a good grasp of the English language. Well, do you think you'd like that job? Me? Yeah. Do I look like I've ever eaten chocolate? (laughs) (laughs) I could be. You get a shed in the garden. Now, is this a legitimate job? You're not having to taste chocolate off somebody's body or anything like that no it's working for oh well a company that owns cadbury's and oreos oh okay proper i don't like chocolate very much i like very very dark chocolate or chocolate with nuts in or toblerone (laughs) or (laughs) flakes but apart from that oh turkish delight and um, all the chocolates <laughs> no no i'm very fussy oh and reese's peanut butter cups yes they're my favorite what about kit kat chunkies i love kit kats yeah peanut butter flavor i love them uh that's about it really yeah <laughs> you sure yeah freddo's i love freddo's and uh oh that's it that's all i that's like that's it oh and um twirls i like them well it sounds like and, you... Uh, I haven't finished yet. <laughs> I might be qualified for the job. I was, was going to say, it sounds like you probably have the required skills. Uh, another job, which I found mm-hmm. is pretty wonderful. Yeah. Water slide tester. Where's that? That's not in Reading. It's not in Reading. It says, back in 2013, travel agents, first choice... Employed the world's first ever water slide tester. And he was a 22-year-old student from the University of Leeds. Ah, grow up, man. He goes around and travels the world's water parks, testing and rating them and writing reviews. Oh, that is ridiculous. Do you think you could do that job? Because that sounds like hell to me. Right, okay. So I can sit down and slide. Yeah. I don't mind being in water and I can write. I'm qualified for that job as well. Okay. And you get to travel the world. That'd be nice. I don't know whether I could be bothered to travel. I'd just find one water slide. They're much like each other, I would have thought. And just keep testing it. Yep. <laughs> you have to try different ones. No. And the same thing's going to happen whichever water slide you test, surely. But the, the question is, are you testing it before it's open to the public? <gasps> oh, no. I think you're just testing it for them to give a review on okay well i don't think that's a particularly wonderful job so have you got something that's your seven wonders this was quite a difficult list to come up with really you know there are things that are nice and good in the world but you've got to think what makes your life better and not just practically better you know not talking about mobile phones and uh, trains and things like that for me i'd say at the top of my list would be the garden okay because i just love how it's different every day and you just see things grow and blossom and then you know it does all die but you know it's going to come back the next year it delights me every day that's how it should be yeah i had some sort of plant related thing on my list yeah it was snowdrops oh because every time i see snowdrops yeah i know that that's basically the winter's over yeah and then we're gonna have spring and the whole year's gonna start again yeah so what else have you got on your list i've got 
The sea. The sea is the top thing on my list, obviously. I had originally written down the beach, but actually I don't think it is the beach. It's not the the sand bit. It is the water, the sea. Some days I just get, I get a real hankering to go to the sea. And sometimes I just have to get on a train and go. Why do you like the sea or the beach? No, I'm not a beach person either. Mm. It's in my DNA. That's the only thing I can possibly think of. Some of my favourite things are seeing it light the thunder and lightning, a storm over the sea, mm. and um, in the winter when the waves are high. Yeah, it's all grey and choppy. Okay, right, what else you got on your list? I've got chilies and lemons. Chilies and lemons? Yeah, they come together as one category because I like chilli and lemon together. I think if I had to pick some flavourings and I could only have them, chilies and lemons I think would be it i do eat a lot i've actually eaten two lemons today <laughs> have you do you eat the peel as well i do you know that i just <laughs> eat them like an apple <laughs> the peel's supposed to be very good for you oh i can imagine it is then they're not waxed anymore are they oh they're not don't have waxed lemons well you wouldn't be able to eat them they wouldn't taste very nice if you've bitten into a lemon and it's the skin tastes really bitter that's usually because it's a waxed lemon so you got anything else i've got something on my list which actually i found a lot of our followers on twitter a lot of them put it on their list as well because we asked our followers to to make their own list and that's music oh i think i could probably go without music from today onwards if that makes sense yeah but i wouldn't be able to give up the memory of all the music that i've had You'd still want to keep the songs. I still want to be able to sing them to myself if necessary. Yeah. But music, I don't know if I'm feeling down in the dumps. I put some very sort of cheesy 1970s disco stuff on and I feel better. So music was pretty much top of the list, was it? It was in the top three. And what was number one out of everybody's choices? Most people said friends are one of the wonders of their world and then music was up there and coffee was up there as well but when I did a poll to compare friends music coffee and I put pets in there as well actually friends came out the worst (laughs) did pets come top no it was music oh right so the music was top anyway although people didn't necessarily put it high in their list when asked which one can you not live without music is the one they can't live without and in fact friends get kicked out the door pretty quickly yeah well you need music once your friends have done the dirty on you (laughs) hey you yeah you you got something to say then say it here email us at roughgiraffepodcast at gmail.com twitter at roughgiraffepod instagram at roughgiraffepodcast search us on facebook for roughgiraffe Subscribe and review us on iTunes and Podbean. Thanks. So, can I put in one of my seven wonderful things in this world? Yeah, tell me. So, I'm going to put out there the tumble dryer. Oh, okay. Now, the tumble dryer, you're thinking, no. What I'm saying is, cold day in January. Yeah. You've been out walking the dog. You come back. 
you've had the dryer on with your fleecy jammers, you get out of your wet clothes and you put your clothes on that just come out the tumble dryer. I don't like putting on warm clothes. I do in the winter. Oh no, it makes me feel sick. Oh, okay. Sometimes I wonder if you're actually my child. Hey, I still like the sea. That's true. (laughs) The other thing is, I don't really know how to describe this, Mm. but you wake up in the morning and you're all cosy. Yeah. And you open your eyes and for that split second before you go to get out of bed, you suddenly remember it's a day off. Oh, yeah. So that day off day, especially that morning for the next 20 minutes at least, when you just snuggle back in and think, yeah, <laughs> oh, what am I going to do today? You make the list in your head. <laughs> so that's a really good feeling. Yeah, and unfortunately, the opposite to that of thinking it's a day off and finding out you're at work, that's the worst. Ah, uh, yeah. You have to have the 20 minutes and then you go, oh my God. <laughs> Our listeners sent some nice wonders that I really liked. Squeaky actually said that she loves the feeling of taking your bra off at the end of the day. Oh, in fact, Squeaky, I love that feeling so much. I tend to do that in the middle of the afternoon. (laughs) And at Killcrop says they like how the night air smells. You've got to be somewhere nice for that, though. They can't be, like, in the middle of a city because the night air smells like petrol, fumes, vomit and beer. So I'm assuming that they live in the country. Maybe they just like the smell of petrol and vomit. (laughs) Maybe they do. And your new fan, Gillian. Do you remember Gillian? I do. So we were debating which was better, coffee or music. She says, what's the point of coffee if you can't sing about it? Do you know the world's most expensive coffee? Is it that back coffee? No, it's the one that they get the, is it the civet cats to eat and then poo out? Apparently it doesn't taste very nice. I'm not a coffee aficionado, yeah? Yeah. But my thought is, if I ate sweet corn and carrots... Yes? Chuck them out, rinse them off and put them back on your plate. (laughs) Yes. It's not going to be like the best, is it? No. I think that uh, civic coffee is a bit like the Emperor's New Clothes. Yeah, it's basically a gimmick and they can get away with charging a a high price for it because it's a gimmick and it apparently isn't that nice tasting. There's a growing trend of people who are now drinking their own urine. Oh, no need. Me and Owen together could provide a whole load of people with urine. They've only got to ask. Are people drinking other people's urine? Oh. I don't know, they're just drinking their own urine. I hope so. If if they're drinking urine at all, I hope it's theirs. Have you ever drunk any? I've never drank urine, no, have you? No, well, I know what it tastes like, but I've never drunk it. Oh, whose urine have you tasted? Andrew's. Oh, no, did he pee on you? He did. When he was a baby, I hope. Yeah, when he was a little baby, when I was changing his nappy. To be fair, it didn't all go in my mouth. Most of it went up my nose. Well, at least it wasn't in your armpits. No, that's true. You had a little party at your house last night. I did. With some rough giraffe listeners. Yes, we did. And so I just need to give a quick shout out to Matt. Yeah, number one fan. Who 
does appear to be the number one fan. If you know differently, guys, <laughs> yeah, let us know. Uh, Matt's agreed to do some roving reporting for us. Yeah. For one of our next programs. So if you've got a subject you'd like to talk about and you want to do a roving report yourself, let us know. Yeah. You can always send us any voice recordings to our email, roughgiraffepodcast at gmail.com. That'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Hey there, who's that? What's the name of the wonky cat? He'll look twice than any cat around. Kipper, hey, that's Kipper. Hey, that's Kipper, the wonky cat. So, we have another wonder of the world with us. Okay, what is that? It's Kipper! Oh, of course it is. Kipper the wonky cat. The wonkiest cat in the world. The wonky wonder. Hello, Kipper. <coughs> hey, Kips, how you doing? Kipper's feeling a little bit tender after last night's party. <coughs> Was he the life and soul? He was the life and soul. And now he feels like death. (laughs) (laughs) We've had a question for Belle. Ooh. Yeah. Is Belle there with you? It's all right. I'm just trying to kick her to wake her up. Belle. Belle the lovely dog. (laughs) They've got a question for you. So you can can get up here. Up. Oh, thank you. Okay. Right. She's right by the microphone. She's listening. Hey, everyone. This is Hannah from Film Roast. Hello, Hannah. Hi, Hannah. I hope you're doing well over there. I'm in the United States. I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, and it's very hot here. It's about 115 degrees every day and it has been for the last three months oh it's crazy isn't it yeah my question is for bell the lovely dog and my question is who is your favorite movie pup bell we've been watching a film today haven't we okay so i think we can safely say that bell's favorite movie pup is mr peabody mr peabody Mr. Peabody. Really? Who's that? In Peabody and Sherman. Oh, okay. Okay. And her second favourite is Brian at a Family Guy. Oh, does she like his deep voice? She does indeed. She thinks Brian is very sexy. I think she's got a thing for black and white dogs. Really? <laughs> she's black and white. They do say that people go for people that look like themselves, don't they? We're attracted to ourselves. Oh, well, that must be it then. Yeah. She wants some lovely black and white puppies. Mm, she's not having any lovely black and white puppies. Well, she... she's an old lady now. Oh. So thanks. Thank you for that. Thank you, Hannah. Thanks, you guys. Bye. So Hannah's podcast is film roast podcast and it's about movies and it's really fun i like it i've not listened to that one yet but it's another one to put on my list your list is ever growing it is i'm afraid and then i I have to take one off to put another one on otherwise there'd be no time in the day Kipper's got a few cat fans on Twitter, haven't you, Kipper? The first ones are Billy and Charlie. Now, Billy and Charlie live with Squeaky, and Billy and Charlie absolutely adore Kipper. Oh, hello, Squeaky. Hello, Billy. Hello, Charlie. Kipper, say hello. (coughs) And the next Kipper fan is Kai. Now, Kai belongs to Church and Mercy, 
and Church and Mercy host the Our Honest Life podcast. Kai is also a ginger cat. I've seen a picture of him. He's very handsome. Not as handsome as you, obviously, Kipper. But he's a bit naughty. Likes to push things off shelves whilst Church and Mercy are recording their show. So say hello to Kai, Kipper. And if any other cat fans would like to get in touch, then let us know. And Kipper will give you a shout out on future shows. Anyway, Kipper, I'll let you get back to nursing your hangover and we'll talk to you again soon. All right, so have you got any news for me then? I do. This is from the 14th of July this year in the sun and the headline is Dog Owner Stunned After Her Golden Retriever Gave Birth to a Green Puppy. Right. The dog is called Rio and... She gave birth to nine puppies and one of them came out green. Have we got a picture of the green puppy? Yeah, I'll post it on the Twitter, but the dog is pretty green and they've called the puppy Forest because it's green. Apparently, there's a bile pigment called biliverdin that's found in the placenta of dogs which can sometimes stain the puppy's coats in the amniotic fluid but apparently it's really rare and so this will fade off after a while then yeah it will it will fade and in fact after a couple of days he was only a minty green color rather than the dark shade of green that he came out as but it's very cute i've got a very short newspaper snippet for you okay the york police department were called tuesday at 9:57 a.m. with a report that a kitten was acting suspicious on north lincoln avenue <laughs> Is that it? Yeah. And then 8.28am, a woman called to say that her son was attacked by a cat and the cat would not allow her to take her son to hospital. And that's the end of the news. Okay. All right. (laughs) I like those sort of stories because you can just imagine. A kitten, a suspicious kitten. Yeah. Was the kitten wearing black? You think it was a spy? Maybe. I like the fact that the cat won't let the woman take her son to hospital. I mean, they train monkeys in Africa to do first aid. Do they? Yeah, I think so. What sort of first aid? Just general CPR, putting on plasters, that sort of thing. Wow. Yeah, they're no good at it, but they're training them to do it. You put in monkeys doing first aid. Monkey gives first aid to monkey pal knocked out by high voltage charge. Um, There's some pictures of monkeys with stretchers here. (laughs) Yeah, you see, you thought I was joking, didn't you? The monkeys first aid team. Huh, there are monkeys giving first aid. They'll be coming over here soon, taking our jobs, working in our hospitals. All right then, so they can do first aid. Yeah. See? Even something I completely make up is real in Google. (laughs) Yeah. You can find evidence to back up anything, even aliens. Okay. On the alien note, I'm going to say goodbye to you. I'll give you a call next week. I'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Bye, Mum. Bye, Stacey. It's the end of the podcast. It is very sad. But tune in again and it won't be so bad With Mum in the bungalow and Stacy at home Send us your stories on your smartphone And then everybody will feel so alone The Rough Giraffe Podcast The Rough Giraffe Podcast
This podcast is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or BritpodScene on Twitter to find out more. Oh,